Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and your work, today we're talking about leading change. Big change, little change, small change, any kind of change except for pocket change. We've got in studio today Steve Steff with with Transforming Leadership. I always want to say something different than yeah. that, but I won't. And he's joined by his wife, Kathleen, who will remain silent unless she thinks it's something really cool. Hey, guys. Nice. <laughs> nice. And of course, on a Friday, Martha a happens to be off today. We have a total win today. Martha's joined us in studio today. And it's just, we've got just, we've, we have spent the day together. Dr. Steve Steph, who wrote the business card, we, you've heard him before on this show a couple of times. We, he and I are recording some podcasts for Transforming Leadership, and we recorded four of those today. So this this is our fifth radio show for the day. Yeah, this is great. I need to get a copy of this one, too, because it's the first time I've ever heard my wife on radio. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we'll have a copy. It'll be on Facebook before the night is over. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to read this this verse of scripture from Joshua 1.9. Have I not uh, commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You talk about a man who had to lead the biggest change in history. It was Joshua. Yes. And he was asked to do it with the tools of a shepherd. 
<laughs> he wasn't he wasn't an army captain, although he was a warrior. And he was told to tear down the walls of Jericho without ever touching them. Yep. He was told to conquer conquer Jericho, but take none of the pillage. Yes. And he was told to conquer all of the land of Israel, but he was told to do it under God's terms, not man's terms. Exactly. So we're talking about change today. Exactly. I thought he would be a good guy for us to model our change by, because if we could do it, and really how he succeeded in leading the change in Israel, he did it on his knees. That's right. Joshua Joshua went into that change with two things, two fundamental, two absolutely critical things. One was as a representative of God, working in God's will by God's hand through the whole process. And I'm betting he had a plan. The whole time he had a plan. Yeah, he had a plan. God had a plan. Well, Joshua just didn't know what it was. God had a plan. Joshua didn't know what it was, but... But there's a good chance, you know, God, even God's plan, as much as we might steer away from this from time to time when we get to talking about workplace ministry, even God's plan was systematic. Uh, you know, you, you open talking about Joshua, but I did a doctoral dissertation on, on change, corporate cultural change, and I tracked the book of Nehemiah and, and Ezra through that entire process, that same book that we're going to talk about today. And Nehemiah is definitely one of those people. A lot of times people call me a, a Nehemiah because I like to build back up walls. Oh, and I don't do anything oh, slow. Nehemiah. It's a different thing. Oh, it's different? Yeah, oh, okay. It, yeah. Like a grape Nehemiah? Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. Well, that's because you're from the South and you know what grape Nehemiah was. <laughs> when Radar would talk about that, Radar, on, yeah. I had no idea what a grape Nehemiah was until I came to the South. I'm like, like, oh, it's probably, pop. Young people probably don't even know who Radar is. Yeah, well, that's true. Yes, they watch MASH re- reruns. All right, before we get talking about leading change, because it's so important, I, Dr. Steph, and I'll call, start calling you Steve now. I just want to make sure. You, you earned the title. You should at least be called it every once in a while. I appreciate it. Transforming Leadership is an organization that is going to transform this country. One corporate culture at a time, one company at a time. What is Transforming Leadership all about? Transforming Leadership is is just what you said. It's taking uh, already successful businesses, quite frankly, and working with their leadership as a licensed counselor. You know, I was had a counseling center years ago, and I was doing everything I could in, in God's power, and I think in God's time, to try to, try to transform lives. And it occurred to me uh, 18 years ago at this time, almost 20 years ago, that you know, God was blessing that ministry, Jim, and I was blessed enough to have an impact on people, but I was having that impact one person at a time. And we came to the realization some years back that we could impact dozens, hundreds, even thousands of people by working through corporate leadership and having them in turn touch those lives and change those lives. So what we've tried to do over the last several years with Transforming Leadership and with our other organization is, is to kind of multiply that effort through the leadership. Mm. And, and, and it's only just begun. We hope so, yeah. yeah. All right, you wrote this fantastic book called The Business Card, which is how we got connected. Yes. One of my buddies from C12, Ross Harris, said, Jim, I read this book. You have got to read this book. So I read this book, and I'm like, Martha... I got to get a copy. We got to, we have to hand this. I want to interview this guy on my show. And she goes, well, nobody knows how to find him. 
<laughs> but now yeah. it's very easy to find you because yeah, you, you have, have the businesscard.us yeah, we the website. That. Yeah, that's it's right. Fantastic. Yeah, that's right. The businesscard.us website. Yeah, it's a nice little website. We're proud well, of that. It's a fantastic book. It's right. all about the, the story of, of Peter from Polydeck <clears throat> and his transformation in, uh, in Christ and how that impacted his business called Polydeck. You know, the, the interesting thing, the thing that I really, really love about Peter's story, and, and I've come to, to love Peter as a brother in Christ, is he was always a believer as long as he's been in the workplace but he did not understand how to integrate that faith how, not not only how to but he didn't even understand that they were supposed to right integrate his faith in his workplace that's what happened with him was that awakening as you recall in the business card book it talks about the uh, priest asked peter who is your neighbor when it says love thy neighbor as thyself it's just that simple and he spent a whole weekend, I think three or four day retreat. Yeah, actually, silent retreat, yeah. Silent retreat, retreat, talking about who is my neighbor. And he came to that realization, Jim, that his neighbor extended right down to the guy that's cleaning up the floors in his in his factory. Yeah, unbelievable. It's a great book. We're going to give away four copies of that today, but not until after the book highlight segment coming up after the next break. All right, so Steve, how is Christ making an impact on your life today? Wow, that's uh, that's a huge question. I wish you'd prompted me for it, but I I, tell um, you that, I did prompt you oh, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's oh, yeah. right. I, <laughs> oh yeah. I think the greatest way that Christ has impacted me personally right now is to see the transition in in our business in transforming leadership. As a couple of new members have come on with transforming leadership and and seeing the impact that they're having, seeing a more spiritual emphasis on some of the work that we're able to do, not just touching businesses, but touching businesses for Christ. We are we have we have the opportunity to go through more doors of businesses with Christian leaders, Christian owners, and and that's tremendous, you know. And so you're kind of caught in that tension between trying to grow a business and then trying to grow a business at your ministry at the same time. And there's a tension there, but I think there'll always be a tension there. Well, and maintain a solid marriage, and you've got a son and a daughter-in-law. I mean, those things are even more important than the business. We have a son that's uh, very active in our business right now. We have a beautiful daughter-in-law that we're just absolutely blessed with. Um, my wife, Kathleen, that high guy's over there from earlier. Uh, she is our, uh, let's see, she's our CFO. She's our... She's our cheerleader. She, yeah, she's doing a cheerleader right now. There, oh, there's a handstand, and you know she. Uh, <laughs> the pack flip is what I'm impressed. Yeah. I don't know how she did that in the studio. Yeah, off the, of the table. On. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Uh, it, it is a family business, but it's grown beyond a family business, obviously, and continuing to grow. And, and we're excited about what the Lord's doing there. All right. Today, we're talking about change. We're yeah. talking about big change, small change, any kind of change except for pocket change. I like that. That was good. I like that. Um, but here's the deal. Here's what I know about change. People like the idea of change. They just don't like it when it affects them. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's something that, you know, when I first, uh, I bought a chain of insurance agencies back in 1999, bought into them, uh, had a partnership with a banker. And this agency at that point in time was 97 years old. Wow. And uh, uh, I was bringing in the big city into the small town. And every time I asked a question, why do you do it that way? Yeah. And they answered, Martha, we've always done it that way. Yeah. I got that answer 500 million times. Well, maybe it was only 500,000 times, but every time I asked that question, that's what I got. And so I started 
introducing change and it made the small town people it made their hair heresy well it didn't make their hair curly it made their hair fall out no i say it's heresy yeah it was heresy it was so we got the idea that we should have them read the book who moved my cheese yeah great book which was a great book on helping people within an organization adapt to change but it's not a book on Leading change. That's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Leading change. Whether it's big change, small change, or any change except for pocket change, we're talking about leading change today. What kind of a... Why is making any kind of change in an organization such a big deal? There's a tr- one of those truisms. You, Jim, you know me well enough. I love those truisms. Truisms and stories, right? All right, stories. All change is stress. So it doesn't matter. Good change, bad change. You're getting married. That's good change. Bad change. All change is stress. People resist stress. So people resist change. It's just that easy. 70% of corporate change efforts fail. Harvard Business, uh, Harvard Business School, Ken Blanchard Group did a study together. As many as 70% of change efforts in uh, organizations fail. That's phenomenal. Look, look at the revenue loss on 70%. Yeah, the of wasted change revenue. Fail. I mean, oh, monstrous. Billions of dollars. Billions, maybe even yeah. trillions. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a big number. So, so let's talk about what kind of leaders are good at making change. Because if we're going to lead change, that in, that says I'm going to be the leader. Yeah, I I think the number one trait of a leader that's good at change is a leader that is a team builder, because successful corporate change is going to require a team. It's not a one-man deal. It can't be a one-man, one-person deal. Well, and doesn't it have to be that, that leader? I mean, the char- let, let's go through the characteristics, then, of a leader who's really good at change. Because doesn't one of those characteristics also have to be the leader's got to lead the change by implementing the change there first? I mean, it's always a change is really a top-down thing, isn't it? Well, it is top-down. I mean, you, you've got to establish the urgency first, and that's, you know, whether you're, again, that's a part of that team effort there because, Generally, a leader is not in the position to establish the urgency all on their own. No, they they, they may not have built their guiding team yet, but yeah, they, they've got to decide. It depends on the size of your business, of course. If you're in a micro business, it's a one man decision that, that's being made there. If you're in, uh, you know, a couple of businesses that we deal with are, are five billion dollar businesses. So that team of that $5 billion or that leader in that micro business has to decide there has to be change, and then, then he's got to establish that urgency. All right. So, again, when you've seen a lot of leaders go through the change, through not the change, but... <laughs> and a few go through that. Too. Yeah, see, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Um, when you see leaders that are leading change, Describe just describe personality. Does it matter what kind of personality they are to lead change? Which ones are more successful? Well, you know, I, I would have a difficult time saying one personality over the other. Again, they've got to be humble enough. That may be it. May be a trait more than a personality. So, I would go with that humility to say I've, I've got to be willing to. Uh, I've got to be humble enough to build that team that's going to get me through this thing. I've got to be humble enough to expose why the the change is needed to begin with is that that kind of what you're talking yeah. about there yeah. yeah because if i don't do that if i'm not willing to accept the fact that we need it we're not going to change we're just going to die i mean you're going to change right. one way or the other go right. question of whether it's successful that's right you'll be a, become extinct yeah all right so what, let's just give some examples for our audience of what kind of change you see most often in organizations well i think most often would be just an interdepartmental change 
But we're also talking about changes where you're talking about mergers and acquisitions. Uh, if you're talking about a change, you and I spent some time, uh, gosh, months ago now, I think, when we were distinguishing between vision, mission, strategy, and tactics. Mm-hmm. All right, well, your vision and your mission are generally not going to change very much, or certainly not very often, but strategy is pretty fluid. That changes a lot, and your tactics may change on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. So that's changed. We get people moving in one direction, all of a sudden somebody pops up and says, oh, we got to change directions. Uh, people don't turn fast. Sometimes people, depending on the people, some people turn like a speedboat, some people turn like a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, we know that doesn't happen fast. All right, we're talking with Dr. Steve Steph with Transforming Leadership about leading change. Big change, small change, any change, anything but pocket change. And we just got started in the conversation. I really love that. I'm so glad you said that pocket change thing right before we went on the air. That's just awesome. <laughs> All right, but it's time for our book highlight segment, of course, brought to you by... Karis Christian Books and Gifts. We're giving away four copies today of Dr. Steve Steff's incredible book. Like I said, in the top 10 of Christian business, workplace ministry related books, it is absolutely one of my best sellers. I have given away and gotten people to buy dozens of this book. All right, the book is called The Business Card. It's written by Dr. Steve O. Steff. I first thought your name was Steve-O when I saw that. Okay. All right, let me give you a short explanation. Sometimes in life, God decides to use the simplest little things to initiate a great change among his creation. This is possibly the only explanation for what happened as a result of just a few words added to the back of a business card by one successful American business owner. This book unlocks the secret of how these few words have changed a man, a community, and quite possibly tens of thousands of businesses and millions of people around the world. Follow along with the front row seat to the view of real life stories of Peter and his co-workers and an owner in transition from running a successful business his way to completely giving it over to God to operate his way. Call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Uh, Steve, there's not a movie deal on this, right? Not a movie deal yet. All right, so read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, the phones are lining up, and we've got four copies to give away today of the business card. Please call now, 855-265-2929. Be patient, because Ivan has only two hands, and he can only write with one of them. So, all right, so Dr. Steve Steph, we're talking today about change, leading change. Big change, small change, any change with pocket change. Any change. Any change. I love that. I'm so glad you said that. So when we say a change effort has failed, you said that 70% of change efforts actually fail. True. So how, what does that mean it failed? Change effort failure can be something as simple as a a drop in revenue, employee turnover, failed merger. Uh, One of the best examples of a failed merger. Now, you're going to have to help me here, but I, uh, uh, Franklin... Press, remember that Franklin Covey, Franklin Planner, Franklin Planner, yep. and uh, the Covey organization yep. merged years ago. Two exceptionally successful organizations, two organizations that were both playing in the same space there on the same radar screen, and they go to merge, and it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster because they had not prepared for the change properly. They had two entirely. Uh, distinct cultures 
and they hadn't adapted their cultures to the change. And when I think of failed mergers of the 90s and 2000s, oh. uh, the one that's on mine, uh, my mind, because I was an insurance guy, is the Travelers Citigroup yeah. one. Yeah. Because that one was, right after the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act was passed in 1999, it allowed banks to own insurance companies. And so Citibank thought that they should buy Travelers because they were a successful company, so they tried to merge. And it was, wow, it was a complete disaster, and they ended up splitting back up. Yep. All right, we're talking today with Dr. Steve Steff with Transforming Leadership about leading change. Big change, small change, any change except for pocket change. And we're giving away a copy of his incredible book. Steve, how many books have you written? Uh, that's the only one published right now. We're, we're working on another one right now for organizational DNA. Well, but your dissertation, that's like a well, book, too. Dissertation. Okay, so this is your second book, the most published. You've yeah. sold how many copies of this book? Uh, we're just, they just put in a new order for another 3,000. It'll take them to 15,000. 15,000 copies. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we're giving away a copy. We've got four copies of this giveaway today. If you want to read an incredibly inspiring story about a businessman whose life was revolutionized by Christ, and then it revolutionized his business, and then started impacting all over the world, you need to read this book. Lorenzo already called in today. He's got a copy copy of the book. We're waiting for three other people to call in, and somebody called in and they got cut off. Uh, Ivan, I don't, he, he went to the phone and it wasn't somebody wasn't there or they lost a the connection, so please call back. He's picking up the phone now. 855-265-2929 855-265-2929 Get your copy of the business card now. Alright, Steve, we're talking about leading change. I know that we, we talked about change efforts that failed, and we just went through two examples of huge mergers that yep. were a disaster. Yep. What do we, let's look at how do you implement organizational change? And, and we're talking to our audience is leaders, is business owners, and it's a lot of people that work inside businesses. And so these people need to know how to help their managers lead change. So what are, what are some of the things that they need to accomplish? First thing they need to understand, Jim, is that people change generally not because you've given them all sorts of analysis. Sometimes as business owners, we tend to do things on an analysis level. Because it's so exciting. Oh, yeah, it is so exciting. I mean, there's hardly anything I'd rather do than pour over the profit and loss. Just ask our CFO over here. Uh, <laughs> people don't change because of analysis. People change because they, they feel like they have, they've been introduced to a truth that, int- that influences their feelings. And that's why when Cotter, John Cotter from, from the Harvard area, talks about increasing urgency, he talks about talking in pictures. When you can show the need for change in picture form, uh, look at Nehemiah, look at the temple, which was, which was in rubble at the time. There's a need for change there. Look at what's happening to our temple. Look at what is happening to our place for worshiping our God. That's a picture that, that they couldn't deny, and everyone could relate to that. If we continue to go this way, our temple will be unrecognizable. In between Ezra and Nehemiah, they rebuilt the temple and rebuilt all the walls around Jerusalem exactly. and created a safe environment. Exactly. But they had to increase that urgency. They, they had to have the people understand, if we don't change, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and Nehemiah got all the walls built in under 60 days. Yeah, it's pretty great. Pretty great progress. Yeah, pretty Pretty, unbelievable. All right, so they got to increase urgency. And I have also heard that in order to help people along with change, you have to create pain. Or or the pain to change, what was it? The pain to change has to be exceeded by the pain to remain the same. 
the pain to remain the same has to exceed the pain to change. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Something that's like why we that. have a professional in that, the house. We've got a doctorate. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the increasing urgency. If we don't change, uh, John Cotter, who wrote this book we're talking about, Leading Change, uh, one of his more recent books is called My Iceberg is Melting. And it's a, uh, uh, he was, uh, tell me the word that I'm looking for. Uh, It's an analogy. Yeah, it's a a fable. It's a Mm -hmm. fable about penguins. And they're all on these icebergs, and the iceberg's breaking up, and it's melting away. If they don't change, if they don't change homes, uh, they're still going to be there, and the iceberg's going to be gone. Uh, I dealt with a business, one of the businesses that we uh, uh, contract with right now in uh, 2008 had just under 20,000 employees. In 2010, they had 1,900. Mm, wow. That's change. That's change. All right, so we got an increased urgency. Hey, we still got a copy. We still got three copies left of Dr. Steph's book. Call into the studio line. Special Friday edition giveaway on the I Work For Him show, 855-265-2929. You've never won something on this show. There are new people almost every day that call in and win a book, get something that we're giving away. We like to give out solid tools to you, the audience. So call into the studio line now. This book could change your life. Can I put a little plug for the book? Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. well, I just think for people to understand that this is a very, shall I say, enjoyable story that you read and learn from. It's not a textbook. It's not, um, it's very engaging. It doesn't take a lot of time to read. And so it's one of those situations where they can read something that's enjoyable and get a lot out of it and be encouraged it's in the process. Story. Yeah. It's a Peter's great story. story. A great story. And it's yeah. very encouraging and yet challenging at the same time yeah. for you to look at yourself and what you can do. And you don't have to be a business leader to love this book. Right. You could just be a, a regular person. Actually, this would be a great story for a pastor, too. Uh, I mean, so any anywhere in an organization, you can benefit from reading this book. Mm-hmm. And, and don't worry, I can give away the copies to other people if you don't call in. So it's all right. This book, I'll gladly <laughs> keep them here. And Dr. Steph will be back on the show again. All right, so increase urgency, then your next step. Next step is build the right team. You have to understand, as we as we remarked a few minutes ago, that this this isn't a one man deal. You have to build a right team because we relate differently, we think differently, we have different uh, different ideas of what's important in the way we work every day and the way our organization works every day. My wife and I, for instance, have two entirely different personalities, two and two radically different value systems as far as. The way we work and what's important, she's very detail-oriented. I'm very big-picture-oriented. So when she and I talk about change in our organization, and I'm just talking about that big-picture thing, I'm looking over there, and I've got that deer-in-the-headlights look at my wife because it has never occurred to me to to describe or discuss how this might impact the details of how our organization operates. So if we don't get that part done and approach this as a team effort, then we've got half of the senior leadership of this organization that's not on board. Yeah, casting that vision, it's one thing to cast a vision. It's the other one thing to execute that vision. Yeah, well, execute... It's a dangerous word. Well, typically, but typically, those people that are casting vision are not the ones equipped to execute. That's the vision. exactly right. That's yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. just the, the way it is. But the key there is that understanding your team is what you're saying too. In order to have teamwork, you, know, you need to know who's on the team and how they. That's exactly right. How yeah. they work. Yeah, and, and that and that requires a high level of trust. Mm-hmm. You know that as a, that as a sole leader or as a leadership team, you have to be willing to trust to build a larger team, a larger organization, that that, that team, that, that, that uh, right team that I'm talking about, may not just be senior leadership. 
That's a team that's got access to every one in the organization. Mm-hmm. All right, so increase urgency, build the right team, get, get the, the vision, vision right. right. Vision is probably one of the most misunderstood words, certainly in the workplace, if not in the human in, in the English language. People just don't understand the word vision. When when some people hear vision, I, I've I've got a company that we worked with for the last few years that I said in a meeting uh, three years ago, and I'm talking about vision. And, and I found out midday that the CEO is thinking that I'm talking about their branding, the color scheme that they're using in their locations, because for her, that was the vision. That's the way the business looked. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, physically looked. And when I'm talking about vision, I'm not talking about the f- physical appearance of the organization necessarily. I'm talking about when this company grows or changes to this point, what is the company going to look like from the outside looking in? How's it going to operate? Uh, what do we hope to accomplish? That sort of thing. And, and our branding may be a part of that, but that's not the vision. Is that Does that make sense? Well, we could talk, obviously, an entire show on vision, well, let's do an that. entire show on mission, <laughs> okay. an entire show on values, and we can do that in the future. Okay. We can. We can, right. I mean, we can do a show a month. I'd, I'd love to have you back every month. It'd be save, awesome. Save a book. We'll do that. Uh, so, well, uh, well, just as long as your books aren't going to be turned into movies, we okay. can read the book. Okay. All right. Okay. So increase urgency, build the right team, get the vision right, communicate. Oh, you're talking about save one of your books to give away. Why? You don't want to keep giving away? Uh, you know, I'll start buying from you. That's why I got to do to give I away. That. All right. Communicate for buy-in. What do you mean? Communicate for buy-in because, remember, all change is stress. There's this hysteresis that says that when we bend something, the natural, when you apply the physics to it, that means that it's going to turn back to straight on its own, the hysteresis that's involved there. So if we don't continually communicate that urgency that we talked about, if we don't continually communicate, we talk about when we're involved, when transforming leadership is involved, we talk about cascading communication which means we're going to show them video, we're going to hit them with emails, we're going to continually have meetings to describe the change, to describe the steps that we're taking, to tell them the incremental uh, steps, the incremental plan, where we are in the process right now. Constantly and continually communicate. There's nothing that builds fear like the unknown. So, so really just communicating, communicating, communicating. Yeah. Then your next step is empower action. Empower action, and then the next That's step... That's kind of a big word. Yeah, let's, want, let's break that up. I, I want to tie that one up with the one right after that, that uh, uh, step number six, which is create short-term wins. If we can empower not only the leaders, and certainly not only the senior leaders, but, but the junior leaders, if you will, give, give them the power, not, not just the responsibility, or not just the uh, uh, responsibility, but the authority for change in their department or their uh, whatever it might be, their own cubicle. So we need to empower them, give them the responsibility and the authority, and then allow them to create these short-term wins. The very next step, people get energized when they have a win. We all do. The best time for a ball team to win a game is right after they just won a game. The best time to, to win a race is right after you just won a race. That Every athlete knows that. Everybody that competes knows The best time to make a sale is right after you've just made a sale, right? So we want to create these short-term wins to build momentum and to keep momentum. And that's really the big key is, is, is if you lose the momentum in your change, you can actually do more destruction than having never started the Absolutely, change. Absolutely, yeah. Because that is, that is really a two-step forward, three-step back at that point. 
Yeah, and that can be so destructive, and people get discouraged and disgruntled and all kinds of things. All right, and that's really the point of your next step. Don't let up. Don't let up. Keep moving. Keep pushing. Keep keep determining what the, those short-term wins are. Uh, not to get too far past step number five, empower action. If I'm working with teams within an organization, we need to let that team decide what their short-term win is. I can't decide that for them. Even senior leadership can't decide that for them because they may not know what's important, what's a real win for that team. So I need to empower that team for a short-term win, let them get that short-term win, and then immediately set up, okay, what's the next short-term win that we're going for? We're not trying to accomplish the vision. We're only trying to get the next win. Okay, but then your last point is that make the change stick. Remember the hysteresis we talked about a little while ago? If we let up, it's going to come right back to where it was. And if we don't not only get these new systems in place and make sure they're winning systems, make sure they're concrete, but get rid of the old ones at the same time, we have to literally create a new organization whether that organization is an oil change company or whether that organization is a church, we have to create a new one because if we don't, there will be those that migrate back to the old way of doing things. All right, so let's let's just try to draw this home and make it practical for everybody listening. Let's talk about some kind of change that, one, that, that you've witnessed happening with an organization that everybody can relate to that has gone through these steps and, and it's seen to success. You got a good example for us? Let's go to a lumber company that, I, that I've worked with for years now. Again, they went through phenomenal change uh, in 08, 09 that, that we're all familiar with. You probably heard there was a housing crisis back there then. There was a lot of crisis. Yeah. It wasn't just housing. Well, the housing was crisis right in the middle leadership. of that. And, and yeah. uh, said one company that I'm very familiar with went from 20000 to fewer than 2000 and, and they changed their whole model of doing business. And then, unfortunately... Uh, by about 2010, 2011, many of the locations for that company, start, since they were kind of left to do it their own way, they tended to start to evolve back to their old way of doing business. Because a lot of those people in those locations had been with the company for decades, literally. And that's the way they remembered doing it. And since they no longer had some of the direction at that time for a short period of time, when the direction failed, when they let up, you know, it says uh, don't let up and make change stick. When the senior leadership let up, some of that old leadership went right back to the old way of doing things, and it sabotaged the organization. But they've recovered now. They have recovered Because they brought now. in transforming leadership. Uh, you're absolutely right. They've recovered now, and they're thriving now. So you've been working with that organization now five years? 18 years. 18, oh, 18 years? Yeah. But they must have let up in that 08, 09, 2010 I, range. I was responsible for a lot of things in that organization, but I wasn't responsible for the housing crisis. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to talk to the people who are responsible for that housing crisis, but there's so many, we yeah. can't nail them down. Yeah. All right, so, but long term, in that organization, you're able to help redirect that change and get it to stick. And yeah. that organization is thriving today. Yeah, I, you know, I would say, actually, in defense of that organization, that they had the wisdom, even during those times, to keep pushing forward with some of the change that we're involved with and that we're still involved with. So even in the most critical times, for instance, chaplaincy, uh, they maintain their chaplaincy even as they drop from 20,000 to 1,900, you know, so uh, progressive organizations. All right, we're talking today about change, leading change. We're talking about 
Oh, you, which website you want me to talk about, Doctor Steph? Tleadership.com. Right, we'll make sure we do that. Yeah. I was getting ready to get to that. I was just doing my. I you know, knew you were. This was a reminder for <laughs> just, me. Was, oh, that was a reminder for you. Hey, we're talking today with Doctor Steve Steph from Transforming Leadership. Found online at Tleadership.com. That's Tleadership.com. We're talking about leading change, and that's what this organization is all about. You guys help organizations. Yeah, lead. we we help organizations take already proven leaders and and improve their effectiveness, raise the bar for already proven leaders. Raising effectiveness yeah, raising and leaders. Effect. That's, a, that's right. Tleadership.com. That's Tleadership.com. Or if you want to go to the website on the book, it's thebusinesscard.us. Thanks. Yeah. The, the business business card. Thebusinesscard.us. You're right. Yeah. Speaking of that book, we've got a couple more to give away. We do, yeah. 855-265-2929. Ivan is standing by and bored to death. Call him. Drive him crazy. <laughs> Say hello. Thank you for giving away books. 855-265-2929. All right. In our final moments... Talk about the neatest exchange that you've seen in an organization. Something maybe it wasn't you had a direct touch to, but one that you witnessed of a real fantastic organizational change. Uh, this was a long-term change. I just did an interview for a book that I'm working on right now. I did an interview from a company that that's, uh, well, I'll tell you who it is, DeVita uh, Healthcare. It's a uh, kidney dialysis organization their offices are in denver colorado and i was out there the other day and spoke with the coo they are a core values driven organization uh when the current ceo the current coo joined that company back in 1998 the company at that time under a different name was bankrupt uh being sued by the sec or under investigation by the sec being sued by the shareholders and today that is a just a abundantly uh, thriving organization, wonderful organization that people love to, to work with. What I found out is that they are the, the epitome of a core values-driven organization. Every meeting they have, Jim, that has 10 people or more in that meeting, there is a part of that meeting that is set aside to discuss their mission and their core values and how they are being lived out or not being lived out in the workplace on a daily basis. Every meeting. So, there's people listening that have no idea what their core values are, personally or professionally. This is a core values driven. Uh, it it even I'm working on the book. I'm writing the book, and it changed the way the the, the uh, theme as I'm going through the book. That's fantastic, and and it, core values. And we've had some shows where we've talked about that. But core values, knowing your core values for your business, as as I like to call them, because Todd Hopkins with Office Pride said this: your decision filters. Those core values will direct everything you're doing in your business. You got to go back to your core values. Does this fit with what we're saying we want to do? Absolutely. Talk to me about the most ideal client for transforming leadership. Found online at tleadership.com. Gosh, the ideal client for T Leadership right now is that, that client that wants to find out if there's a gap between who they say they are and who they really are will go to those core values that you were just talking about. Most every business out there, larger businesses certainly, they have identified a core value statement. We have the ability to come in and determine is there a gap between that core value statement and their what we were what we call demonstrated core values, that is the values that they are really living out. 
and we're going to give them a report that reveals that gap, and then we're going to help them close that gap where they align their principles, they align their policies and procedures with who they say they want to be. And you're working with companies that could be anywhere in the country. We're working, yeah, all over the country. Yeah, and you don't mind going to the Caribbean if you had to. Uh, we could do that if we have to, yeah. One of the companies we're working with now is in uh, Canada, so yeah, we're all over. Well, Canada's not like the Caribbean, just in case you're wondering. I know this starts with a C. I've been to Canada. It's <laughs> yeah. cold up there, and the mosquitoes are bad. I don't know why you went from the Caribbean to Canada, but because it's a little, it's somewhat international. You got to cross the border so to get there. <laughs> but but uh, and you got to talk funny. But besides that, all right, let's go in the summer. We're, we're coming to the end of another I work for him show, and I'm asking you to consider this challenge. All right, we got Emily from Sarasota. Thanks for calling in. You're the second winner today. Appreciate so much you listening to the show. I'm looking for a thousand people to join the I work for him nation, and honestly, this is going a little slower than I thought. But I'm glad you're thinking about it. I'm looking for a thousand people to reconsider how they look at their workplace each and every day. I'm looking for a thousand people to make this commitment that you will start praying for your coworkers and employees each and every day. That you'll look for ways to befriend those coworkers and employees outside the office so that you can have a real relationship with them. That you'll look for ways to serve those coworkers and employees in the workplace outside of the workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people to be ready to pray with people in the workplace on those days when you see an opportunity and maybe their their demeanor has changed, they're down today and you've got an opportunity to say, hey, what's going on? And you got an opportunity to say, hey, can I pray with you about that? I'm look, But I'm looking all along for that not to detract from your job, but for it to make you the best and brightest example of a person in your position in your workplace so that everybody could say, hey, that person who's a member of the I Work For Him Nation, they really live their faith here at the office. They are the best employee we have. Yeah. That's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking for. Go on to our website, iworkforhim.com, iworkforhim.com, and click on Contact Us and let me know that you want to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 